Planet Japan, episode 27, for December 7th, 2005. So, you want to be a geisha? On today's show, you'll find out about Amy's favorite hangout, the penis bar. You'll also learn how you, too, can be a geisha. And as a bonus, we'll teach you the difference between Harikiri and Harry Carey. And, of course, the Planet Japan dancers will shake their booty for you. All that and much more on Planet Japan. Stay tuned. Get ready. ready, ready. Get your seatbelts fast. You're about ready to land land on the planet planet Japan Japan. with Amy and Doug. So, you want to hear a joke? Sure. Not exactly a joke this week. More of a of a funny. Not exactly a joke. It's it's further proof that uh, the human race is doomed because of its own stupidity. These are actual labels found on consumer goods in the United States of America. Okay? Now, why don't you go ahead and, and tell us what kind of product it is, and then I will actually say what the instructions or label said. Okay, ready? ready? Yeah, I'm ready. The first one is, mm-hmm. on a Sears hairdryer. Do not use while sleeping. On Marks & Spencer bread pudding. Product will be hot after heating. On Nitol sleep aid. Warning, may cause drowsiness. On most brands of Christmas lights. For indoor or outdoor use only. That's in case you were planning on swallowing them and lighting yourself up. Yeah, or putting them in the sky or something. Right. Yeah, okay, I get it. On a Japanese food processor. Not to be used for the other use. I like that. I understand that. Sure. That sure. sounds like your right. typical Japanese English. Yeah. Don't use it for the other use. Right. Whatever it, it may be. Use it for this use. That's right. But not the other one. See, we understand this. Sure. Okay. Right. And the last one yeah. is on a child's Superman costume. Wearing of this garment does not enable you to fly. Always good advice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was uh, when I was a kid, about 100 years ago, I, uh, I put on my Superman costume, and I got on a roof, and I thought, okay, now I know I can't fly, but certainly there must be a way for me to experience the sensation of flying. So I got an umbrella. Oh, the Mary Poppins Superman. Kind of like, like that. Yeah, yeah. combination. I, if Mary Poppins could do it, certainly I, a small child, could do it. Sure. Yeah. So I flung myself off the roof Ouch. with an open umbrella and crashed into the ground. Did the umbrella have a warning on it that says, <laughs> do not try to fly with this umbrella? No. And see, I could have sued him. You should have. Yeah. Absolutely. There should have been a warning label. Well, there you go. There's our there's there's this week's so-called joke. Yeah. So, Amy, welcome back again to episode number 27. Thanks, Doug. And what? welcome back to you, too, to Planet Japan. Well, thank you very much. It's lovely to see you again. And you too, and to have all of our listeners here on our planet. Indeed. So, any exciting news to report? I hear uh, you had some uh, mysterious visitors on the island. Oh, yes. We had uh, our first podcast listeners from outside the country. Indeed. They came to Shiraishi Island. They stayed overnight, and they took them hiking up into the mountains. They were lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you want to say their names? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or not. Is Jay and Yoshiko from Georgia. Jay and Yoshiko from Georgia. Yes. Okay. Very, very nice couple. And they were just here on vacation? Actually, they come to Japan once a year. Oh, okay. And so they decided to uh, make it to Shiraishi this year. I'm guessing she's Japanese. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing he's not. Yes. One of those international marriages. Yeah. They're a really, really nice couple. They mm-hmm. gave me some cow goods. Cool. Which is nice. Calendar. 
Is the opposite of a cow good a, a cow bad? There are, there are no cow bads. Bad, bad cow. Bad cow. Bad, bad cow. You know, last week we promised our listeners that we were going to talk about the famous penis bar. Oh, right. That's right. in Okayama. Right here City. in town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had never heard of it until you alerted me to it. Well, I know these kinds of things. <laughs> because <laughs> basically, because the penis bar features uh-huh. a large amount of penises of all sizes, especially big ones. There's even a penis forest inside. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I'm assuming these are not real penises. Well, unfortunately <laughs> not. But <laughs> there are many, many phallic symbols uh-huh. and lots of the the wooden carved uh, kind and some that are quite large sometimes you'll see those at shrines that's true to celebrate fertility yeah mm-hmm. and there's a big there's a, a place somewhere where they have a big uh, penis parade oh yeah actually there are a few um a few fertility festivals that are quite famous in japan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the illuminated parade of penises yeah going down the street of japan <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah, this it, is hey, a great country for women, I tell you. Beats the heck out of that Disney parade. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So anyway, t- uh, tell me more about this bar. Okay, it's called uh, Okurasho, mm-hmm. which means uh, the Ministry of Finance. Okay. So it's obviously, you know, a, a fun place, making lots of fun of Japan. <laughs> but it's run by a Japanese uh, man by the name of Ikeda. Mm-hmm. The master is Mr. Ikeda. Okay. And he's also a great uh, Hiroshima Carps baseball fan. Hmm. And uh, the restaurant is right in front of Okayama Station, Ekimae. And you would go up Momotaro Street, go out of the, stra- the station, go straight down the road, mm-hmm. big road there. And you pass a dae on the left, and you go on down. It's right next to an outdoor store. And it's kind hmm. of back in this s- small, I don't want to say alley, but it's like between two buildings. You know what that sounds like? It, it sounds like an alley. Well, it's not because it doesn't go through. <laughs> it's a dead end alley. Nah, but it's not a road. I like Ali McGraw. You remember her? She was a great actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ali McBeal. She mm-hmm. was great too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Speaking okay. of alleys, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I'm going to check it out. I guess. I guess I have to. Yeah, I'll take you there if you like. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is, uh, it sounds like it might be just for women, though. Oh, not at all. Not at all. No. Mm-mm. Is there is there a, a a breast bar somewhere? I don't know about that, but there's a breast shrine that in Hiroshima. Good. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's go there. Yeah. Okay. I'll take you there too. Great. After we do the penises, we'll do the breasts. <laughs> <laughs> I hope my family doesn't listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to know where the other shrine is. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, we got a great uh, email just recently from one of our listeners, Taylor Mitchell. Taylor says, my friends and I have been puzzling about this for many an English lesson, and we are unable to come up with an answer. Why do you always talk about the Planet Japan dancers? Good question, I guess. I thought everybody understood about the Planet Japan dancers. I thought they understood that the Planet Japan dancers are right here in the Planet Japan studio entertaining us as we do the podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. But since it, we're on right radio here. and not TV, mm-hmm. you know, only we get to really enjoy them. Which is, yeah... We mm-hmm. would like our listeners to be able to enjoy them, but... Especially because they're naked. Oh, they are. They're completely naked, and yeah. they're very and they're hot. men and women together. No, they're only women. No, I no, no, I see men. <laughs> I don't know where you Sorry. saw the men. <laughs> it's only, oh, yeah. only Must have women. been all that talk about the penis bar, but <laughs> I can swear there are some men in there. But yeah, they, they're very nice to come in here you know, every week and do a spectacular performance for us while we do the show. Yeah. Yeah. And if uh, listeners at some point get a, a chance to come to Japan... 
you know, they can visit the Planet Japan studios and, and enjoy the show themselves. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it is a spectacular, amazing show. Yeah. Okay. That's the Planet Japan dancers. Thank also, you, Taylor. Taylor has another question. Uh, I've got a question about living in Japan. How easy would it be for me, as someone who only speaks English and a little bit of French, to move to Japan and live there? Or even go there for a holiday? That's a very good question. I don't think foreigners are allowed to come to Japan anymore. <laughs> I think they changed the rules on that. As far as visiting Japan, definitely. As far as working in Japan, probably. All you need to do is hook yourself up with an agency that will uh, give you a work visa. Mm -hmm. And um, if you're in English classes already, you could probably come over as an English teacher. Yeah, look into working for some of the language schools or if you're more qualified with a perhaps a master's degree in ESL, then you could probably get a job with maybe a university or a junior college as well. Yeah, normally if you do have some kind of credential for teaching, you kind of go to the head of the line and you yeah. have a little advantage over others. But normally, all you really need is just a university degree. Mm -hmm. That's the minimum. Yeah, and also there's an age limit under 30-something 30, 30 for, like, the JET program and... Well, I think they changed that for the JET program. Oh, really? I think so. I'm not sure. But, mm -hmm. yeah, you will find some age discrimination in Japan. For sure. Yeah, which is very annoying. Although, I'm, I'm not going to tell people don't come over if you're, you know, over Elderly. 35 or 40. I think no matter how old you are, the, you still should be able to find some work teaching. That's true. It's just that uh, when people are young and career-minded, yeah. they often don't want, you know, jobs that don't pay as well. Yeah, but, but people who come to Japan, young people who come to Japan, normally, I don't think they're looking for a career in teaching. I think they're looking for an adventure for a year or two, which is well, fine. It depends on what kind of person, yeah, okay, and where you're working. A lot of people who will come over and discover they really enjoy teaching right. and then decide to make a career out of it. I'm mm -hmm. not sure people come here thinking that they're going to make it a career, though. I did. Really? Did you really? Truly. Okay. I did. I kind of came just thinking, well, this will be something interesting to do for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But here I am, you know, 15 years later. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. It grows on you. <laughs> this whole life kind of grows on you after a while. Uh, some people, I guess, will be able to find work while they're in the U.S., but a lot of people will just come here uh, on a three-month tourist visa and look around for work and normally can come up with something. Do you think more foreigners are coming now than 15 years ago? No, definitely not. Fewer foreigners? Yes. Fewer teaching jobs now? Yes. I don't know. Every time I look on the Internet, though, there seem to be a lot of jobs available for teaching in Japan. And they all say, wanted energetic, <laughs> cheerful yeah. English teacher to teach three-year-old screaming brats. Oh, you're saying most jobs are... For, for 1,000 yen an for, hour. For kids? A lot of them are. Really? Because the problem with those jobs is that the teachers don't stay. They get mm -hmm. burnt out. Yeah. It's just a lot of work. So, thank you, Taylor. Um, if you want to come to Japan, come on over. Yeah, for we're it. waiting for you. Yeah. You can stay at Amy's house. <laughs> yeah, come to the island anyway. Well, uh, we've been talking about the royal family. We think a lot of people are maybe getting sick of it. Yeah. That's why we're going to talk about it some more tonight. That's right. <laughs> Just a little bit more. Come Just on, a, come on. Just a quick update because we had a big uh, turn of events. We certainly did. Yes. There's a government panel on the imperial succession, believe it or not. They have decided that females should be allowed to ascend to the chrysanthemum throne. Okay. So not just males anymore, but females too. Now, we had this discussion several episodes ago 
about the fact that there have been female empresses in the past, so what the heck is the big deal? Mm -hmm. Well, apparently, in 1947 is when they enacted the law about males only. Male-only heirs, which seems a a bit strange, eh? I guess those Mm. empresses didn't make too much of an impression. Yeah. (laughs) Or the men just got scared. Mm -hmm. That's more likely. So now it's looking like uh, Princess Aiko, at three years old, is likely to become the next, uh, or the first female monarch, Mm -hmm. since they enacted the new law. Let's hear it for the empress, the new empress. Yes, and uh, if you look at this picture that they had in the newspaper, uh, she's uh, sitting in a tree at three years old. (laughs) I don't know really how much that does for her. eating a frog, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting place to choose to take a picture of Uh the future empress, but hey, why not? Trees, you know, she's... She's a tree hugger. She's her own private throne. Well, that's good. Now, is that the final word on the matter? Is it's not. It's not. Um, but at least we have the uh, the official panel has mm-hmm. decided that it's okay. And um, actually what it is, it's, it's that the firstborn child, whether it be male or female, okay. will have the option to uh, ascend to the throne. And also at the same time, it would uh, make the current law now where Princess Nori had to become a commoner because she married a commoner, Mm -hmm. that would also be reversed. Whereas, yeah, Kuroda, her husband, marrying into the imperial family would then make him part of the imperial family Uh and she wouldn't have to leave. The things that people are saying against doing that, they're saying, oh my God, but, you know, how would we be able to handle this after... These people have become commoners. We can't accept them back into the royal family. Okay, well, that's... uh, I feel... I really do feel much better that they finally come around to our way of thinking. Apparently, they've been listening to our shows. They must have. And have realized that we were not happy about the situation. That's right, because this is a sudden turn of events. Yeah. Speaking of the imperial family, yes. well, as uh, most people know, at the end of World War II, the Japan made a great shift away from what previously was the imperial worship, where the emperor was worshipped the same as a god. Right. Right. And uh, so that all kind of went by the wayside, and and even now people are kind of embarrassed when they talk about uh, the pre-World War II days when Japan, everything was, you know, long live the emperor and Mm -hmm. um, hail the emperor and whatever he said was, you know, godlike. Right. Divine. Divine. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) this um, will bring to mind to literary people of Japan is uh, the great writer Yukio Mishima. Right. He's been nominated three times for the Nobel Prize for Literature, mm-hmm. and he's a very famous uh, writer in Japan. He gained popularity um, after his first novel in 1946, which was called Thieves. And then after that, he, he did many more books as well as poetry and some plays. He was definitely a nationalist. And the older he got, the more far right he became. And eventually he was a bit shunned by the media and stuff because... Japan was moving away from this emperor worship thing. Mm -hmm. However, he actually went as far as to create his own society to protect the emperor. Cool. Like a secret service. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. He became very adept at sword fighting. And in 1968, he formed a Tatenokai, which means the Shield Society. And this was his, like, private army to protect the emperor. But he's perhaps best known for what he did on November 25th, 1970. And what was that? He went to, in front of the city hall, and he committed harekiri. Oh, ouch, that's gotta hurt. He just, like, stuck a sword 
into his belly and committed suicide right there. In the very traditional Japanese style. That's right. Wow. Now, how did you pronounce it? Harakiri. Harakiri. Hara means stomach. Yeah. Kiri means to cut. Harakiri. Mm-hmm. Not Harry Carey. No, not Harry Carey. To all you Americans out there, please stop saying Harry Carey. Please. Harry Carey was a Chicago Cubs baseball announcer, not a sword in the stomach. Mm. But he so believed in his views that, and he couldn't get uh, a revolt going, you couldn't get people to come around to his opinion, so he said, help, I'll show him. It does seem that writers seem to have a penchant for killing themselves more than other professionals, don't you think? Thanks. Sure. I'm going to kill myself tomorrow, I think. Oh, I forgot. That's right. You're a writer. Oh, my God. I shouldn't have brought that up. Now it's in your head. (laughs) Oh, my God. How did you know that I've been (laughs) planning to do this for so long? Hemingway, of course, he killed himself. Recently, uh, Hunter S. Thompson Mm -hmm. killed himself. Sure. Everyone's doing it. All the writers are, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Writers and dentists. 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 Dentists have always have the highest rate of suicide. They do? Yeah, because of the high stress level involved in... Drilling people's teeth. Yeah. I see. (laughs) Yanking people's teeth out. Okay. (laughs) Mm. Well, at any rate, um, Mishima right now is quite in the news because of uh, there's a film coming out based on his novel Spring Snow. And there's also a DVD of his film called um, Patriotism. Hmm. So if you yeah get a chance to see those, by all means, do. And, of course, the books have all been translated into English a long time ago. Tell us his name again. Yukio Mishima. He's one of the most famous writers in Japan. All Japanese people know mm-hmm. him. As a writer in Japan, I could kill myself merely by just getting into the bath, according to a recent news report. Yeah, according to this article, 14,000 people in Japan die every year from getting into a hot bath. And that's not people murdering them in the bathtub. Oh, no. This is just people getting into a bathtub and getting overheated, like the frog that gets slowly cooked to death Wow! and doesn't feel the pain. Of course (laughs) he feels the pain. Oh, no, he doesn't. Especially if it's slow. No, he. I don't think so. That's the whole point. He likes it. (laughs) He's like, oh, this is a nice Japanese bath. You know, that, that whole frog thing, that could be an urban myth. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Yeah. But not this one. No, this is is true. In Japan, 14,000 people die every year from taking these hot baths. Now, uh, it tends to rise in the winter, and many of the victims are elderly people. Uh, Sometimes the cause of death is listed as a heart attack or a stroke, but the exact cause is not clear. Now, for uh, those of you who don't know, bathing, especially in these really, really hot boiling baths, Mm -hmm. is a tradition in Japan and uh, every night, people get into a hot bath. It's mm-hmm. a, something they use as a way to relieve stress and to relax, and then you go to bed all clean. Yeah, but nice. you do have to be careful. I mean, if it's a really hot bath, you, you can't stay in there forever. you got to... Well, that's the thing. Actually, if it's the normal bath, like at a public bath or at an onsen, mm-hmm. I would say five minutes is probably the maximum you'd want to stay in. Yeah, because you know, you're getting cooked in there. you got to be careful. Now, somebody has been doing some research on this whole area, trying to find out, you know, what's going on exactly. And so they did some experiments, mm-hmm. <laughs> some hot bath experiments. In one of the experiments, one subject was soaked in a bath heated to a temperature of 44 degrees Celsius. That's pretty hot. That's way over 100 Fahrenheit. His temperature soared to 40 degrees in 10 minutes, body temperature. Um, but then they wanted to check and see what, happened, what would happen to mice. Oh, no way. Yeah. So they they got, mice, and those uh, little tiny mice in uh, that big hot bath? They got some mice. They anesthetized the mice so they wouldn't realize they, they were... They put them in a nest? No, not a nest. Anesthetized. 
Well, yeah, they put them in a nest. That's not right. <laughs> you mean they gave they gave them anesthesia? I think that's it. Oh, they yeah. anesthesiasized. No, that's not right. Isn't it? I've been gone too long. Yeah. They they didn't want the the mice to realize that they were in a really hot tub and probably boiling to death. So they <laughs> anesthetized they put them in the water. Uh the water is between 40 and 45 degrees and they discovered that a mouse in 40 degree water will pass out but come to after a while. <laughs> Especially as if he's been drinking. Yeah. <laughs> but mice placed in hotter water stopped breathing in 30 minutes to two hours and never regained consciousness. Oh, the yeah. poor mice and their families. Kind of yeah, you have to think about the families. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, the, uh, the mice union has protested these experiments. And they should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The mice are up in arms yeah. about this whole thing. Anyway, the point is, for people and for mice, mm-hmm. be careful when you get into a hot tub. That's right. Yeah. Don't stay there too long. But while you're there, have fun. Hey, how are your train manners these days? My train manners? Mm-hmm. My train manners are not bad. I mean, I occasionally will find myself talking on my cell phone. Uh-oh. But I feel guilty about it. You should. Yeah. That's a no-no. I know. But people do it. I know. And sometimes I put on my makeup on the train. Do you? Mm-hmm. Mm. I know I shouldn't do that either. Definitely not. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you ask? Well, uh, we've talked about uh, the Japanese declining manners on this show before. Mm -hmm. And I noticed a whole half-page ad by the Japan Ad Council in the Japan Times recently. And um, I would say it's pretty much directed at foreigners, maybe, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Telling us to uh, up our manners, so to speak. It's a bit this big advertisement about, it's called Edo Shigusa, which is the subtle gestures of Edo. Edo meaning the period from 1603 to 1867 in Japan. So these are manners from that period. That's right, when everyone was eloquent and, you know, so are beautiful. They, and are they saying that people these days just can't match up to the people of the Edo period in terms of etiquette? Well, I think that what they're saying is that, you know, is trying to remind people of their past values. Oh. Right. So... I'm going to give out some of these tips here that they give us, right? Mm -hmm. Teach our listeners to be a little bit more polite when they come to Japan. Sure. Okay. And one is called tilting umbrellas. Mm -hmm. How to tilt your umbrella. Okay. (laughs) Now, when passing an oncomer in the rain, you tilt your umbrella outwards so the other person will not get wet. Oh, from the runoff from the top of your umbrella. Right, as you're passing them. Ah, right. yeah. I hate when that happens. Yeah. yeah. And I actually might add to that, that when you get into a taxi, right, and it's raining, and you unfold or you close up your umbrella, mm-hmm. you do not just get into the taxi then. No? You're supposed to shake your umbrella ah. three times. Only three. To get any of the excess water off so that you don't bring the water into the taxi. Oh, really? I know from first-hand experience because I once got into the taxi and the, the taxi driver was furious. Because you only shook it twice? No, I didn't shake it at all. Oh, I just I closed it and got in the taxi <laughs> and he got up out of the seat, oh, the see. driver's seat. He walked around, opened the door, and I took my umbrella, <laughs> shook it three times, and then gave it back to me. And I thought, really? okay, got it. Well, what were you thinking? Hey, but it was nice. Now, you know, now, now you I know. know. Yeah. Right. Don't want to piss off those taxi drivers. <laughs> There's oh. probably a whole book of umbrella etiquette that we just don't know anything about. Indeed. Yeah. There would have to be. And, you know, poor Mary Poppins. 
Oh, yeah. Can you imagine if she had had to go by these Edo rules mm. with her umbrella? Indeed. Oof. Okay, now there's another one here. And this one's rather interesting. I didn't really this know about this one. This is called moving over. Moving over. When This is when you're on the train and when you're sitting in the seats, when an additional passenger boards, you're supposed to lift your seat, meaning you're behind, mm-hmm. slightly to quickly make room for one more. You can't just slide your ass over. You have to actually lift it off the seat. Well, I mean, this is back in the polite days, mm-hmm. right? When pe- when women were wearing kimono and stuff. And so you just kind of slightly get on the balls of your feet, you know, kind of <laughs> up like that and then move over. Uh-huh. And even if you weren't moving over, you would still just kind of lift yourself up lightly to show that you, know, you have made room for the person or that they're welcome to sit next to you. Well, that's much different than it is today. It certainly is. Where people will just take a backpack and plop it on the seat next to them, mm-hmm. clearly telling anyone who comes by, don't even think about sitting next to me. Oh, yeah. And when yeah. I look on the train, even today I noticed, um, the the one seat that's always empty is the seat next to the guy who's got the white earphones, <laughs> 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 listening to his iPod. Uh-huh. His like, legs are splayed apart. He's all hunched over, just kind of you know hanging out. Yeah. And everyone's like, no way. And sit next to that yeah. guy. There are certain people on the train you just don't want to sit next to. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times <laughs> it's foreigners actually in Kyoto and stuff. I noticed I was like, why is no one sitting next to me? Yeah. That happens to me too, I think. People yeah. are just afraid to sit next to a foreigner a lot of times. Yeah. Oh my God, I might have to speak English. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> Not that. Indeed. Yeah. On the other hand, a lot of people look forward to the chance to practice their English. Well, that's true, too. It's either yeah. one or the other, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always try to... I mean, I'm, I'm usually reading a book anyway, so in that case, mo- I don't really seem to threaten as many people. Yeah. Hey, is it time for cow tales? No, I don't think so. Oh. Not yet. Okay. Ma- uh, I think I'd rather talk about geishas. Oh. Yeah. I think geishas okay. are, are hot. Hey... Cow geishas would be mm. nice, yeah? Cow geishas. <laughs> oh. You cannot connect cows to everything in life. Mm. All right. Try as you might. I don't know. Put a little makeup on them and uh-huh. those nice little hats yeah. and, you know, a kimono. They could be pretty yeah. cute. Have you ever thought that you might want to be a geisha? Or perhaps you've been a geisha in a previous life? Well, of course, the previous life is a place, you know, that we can't really uh, know about mm. completely. Um, but I might, I wouldn't mind being a geisha for a day or two. Well, you're in luck. There's a company in Shizuoka-ken mm-hmm. near Mount Fuji mm. where you can go and live out your fantasy. A mooing geisha. <laughs> of being a geisha. Wow. You can uh, choose a one-day course or a two-day course. You can, um, for less than 20,000 yen or, or $200, you can spend the weekend at a, um, at a spa essentially, enjoying yourself and learning, first of all, the history of geishas, and then they'll actually uh, put you in a geisha's uh, kimono and the whole, sh- you know, the whole um, nine yards, mm. and you can become a geisha. They'll teach you all of the, all of the skills you need to be a geisha. In a weekend? Well, like dancing and, You're not you know. going to be the world's greatest geisha, but, you oh. know, it's just, it's like going to baseball camp and uh, fantasizing you're a baseball player. I see. Kind of like that. So, yeah, um, they'll teach you all these skills, and then you actually do some kind of performance at the end of the weekend. And mm, do you get a certificate? You do. You get a certificate of graduation from the, from the geisha school, as it were. Hey, I bet I could be the first mooing geisha. I suppose you could. 
Wow, that would be cool. But this whole idea has evidently really caught on with a lot of um, women, and they do not accept men, by the way. Mm, if you're a man good. and you want to be a geisha, forget it. Forget about it. Mm. Yeah, this is a women thing. So apparently a lot of women are really uh, taking advantage of this, and it's become a very popular thing. It's not only for Japanese woman, women. If you're a foreigner, an English speaker, you can go there and do the whole course, and they'll have a, a translator there for you. Mm. So you can uh, enjoy the fantasy of being a geisha. Yeah. Even if you're from Ohio. <laughs> even if you're <laughs> a cow. Yeah. Wonderful. I'll put a link on the blog to their website. Mm -hmm. The uh, website address is ozashiki. That's O-Z-A-S-H-I-K-I hyphen U-N-I-V dot com. Great. Yeah. Become a geisha for a day. Or two. Or two days. Hey, is it time for cowtails? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Now, this cowtail was sent in to me by Danny Bloom over at Japundit. Oh, Danny, yeah. Yeah, and it's a great, great uh, website. Mm -hmm. Do check it out. Japundit.com. And they have all kinds of nice, weird stuff about Japan and Asia on their site. Mm -hmm. Very strange stuff. But uh, he sent me this. Uh, he said, did you know that in Taiwan, in Lukang, okay, which is in central Taiwan, mm -hmm. that uh, they sell cow tongue cakes? Cow tongue cakes. Cakes made from cow tongues. Sounds delicious. Yep. Mm, they say it is. Mm -hmm. It's a pastry, actually, with a sweet filling. But it's named for its shape rather than its ingredients, it says. Oh, so there are no cow tongues actually in the pastry. No, no, right. But mm -hmm. it looks like a cow tongue. It does. And, uh, I mean, after all, they have oxtail soup, mm -hmm. cow tongue you know, cakes. Mm -hmm. Next, they're going to have um, utter pudding. <laughs> or <laughs> That's utter, utterly ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> or a cow hoof yeah. uh, rock candy. I think you should use every part of the cow. You should. Do you, you don't want to waste it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you can put like together a cow with all of these different uh, foods. Mm -hmm. Where is this place at? It's in Taiwan. Let's go. You know, I'm a little busy at the moment. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Maybe if we... I was we thinking that after the penis bar and the breast shrine, that mm -hmm. we could then go to the... Cow Tongue Cafe. Cow Tongue... <laughs> yeah, cafe. Yeah. Sounds delicious. Maybe if we call them up, they'll just ship it to us. Yeah. That might be easier. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's this week's Cow Tale. Ma. Well, let's see. Last couple of weeks, we have been introducing folks to our chick jargon. Yeah. Special vocabulary... For Japanese women. That's right. And uh, the Japanese language is really going through a lot of changes right now. Women are coming up with their own vocabulary. And it's about time. Today's chick jargon is nakayoshi nimpu, which means buddy pregnancy. Buddy pregnancy. <laughs> this is great. I love this one. This is a trend right now where women, friends, good friends, deliberately get pregnant at the same time so they can share the experience. Go through it together. Yeah. On exactly the same timetable. Mm-hmm. Have Isn't their babies wonderful? at exactly the same moment. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, close enough anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really? Isn't that great? That's interesting. You need some, you know, support, so why not? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's a uniquely Japanese phenomenon. Mm, don't know. Do you think American women might, might do that sometimes? I think they do it sometimes, but do that? I'm not really sure. Ah. It might, I mean, I can understand the thinking behind it in terms of, you sure, know, going not? through a pregnancy is a kind of a big deal if you have your mm -hmm. best friend 
you know, you can kind of support each other and mm-hmm. help each other. Yeah. Well, especially because nowadays, and especially in Japan, mothers aren't really playing that central mo- role that they used to. Mm-hmm. So before, when you always had your mother by your side, now you're more likely to live quite far away. Mm. Yeah. Where in America, we, you know, the family isn't quite so strong there. Right. You can't exactly have a baby and then hand it over for mom to mom for the first month like Indeed. they do here. Yeah. So. A buddy pregnancy. Yeah. And the Japanese is? Oh, yes. One more time. It is nakayoshi ninpu. And nakayoshi means good friend. And ninpu, pregnant. Okay. So when you get your good friend pregnant, that's what it's called. <laughs> no, that's not right. <laughs> Close enough. So is it time for? Audio mnemonics. I guess it, I guess it is. Mom. No, it's not cowtails. It's audio mnemonics. Yeah, but I like to moo. Oh, okay. And I haven't gotten enough mooing in in this episode. You don't think, huh? I think the mooing's too tame. We need to, like, kind of <laughs> bring it up to where it was last time. That was really fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm trying to tame it down a bit, but it's a bit too tame, yeah, I think. I know it's hard for you. So, today's audio mnemonics is the kanji for friend. Oh, really? Tomodachi. Tomodachi, yeah. And uh, this kanji is uh, usually read as tomo. Dachi is actually a separate kanji. Okay. Mm-hmm. But friend is tomodachi. And the first part of that uh, compound, kanji, is also means friend. So it's tomo, also sometimes you, pronounced you. And uh, this, you have to imagine two people. They're not impaled, are they? <laughs> this time, they're not. Oh, thank God. No. Okay. But they're very close, because friends are. And um, this one, you have to imagine a pair of legs, women's legs crossed. Okay. okay. I can do that easily. Yeah, I bet you can. Mm-hmm. Then imagine the friend protecting the legs. Right. Right? From? The friend is standing next and putting their hand, their arm, mm. straight out, and the legs are underneath the arm. To protect the legs. Of your friend. From wild animals? And such. Okay. So some words, like before I said that sometimes it's pronounced you, as in Eugene, right? Mm-hmm. His friend. And also, tomodachi is probably the most common uh, term used. Tomodachi. Tomodachi. Right. The kanji for friend this week. Doug-san wa watashi no tomodachi desu. Doug oh, is my friend. Arigato gozaimasu. Hi. Thank you so much. Ushitachi wa watashi no tomodachi desu. Mojiro. Right. Okay. Subete no ushitachi wa tomodachi desu. Sure. All cows are my friends. Of course. Okay, I think we're just about ready to wrap things up. Like they do at Ten Maya, wrapping up in the wrapping paper with all yeah. the tape and everything. And yeah. Any final messages you'd like to impart to our listeners? I would like to give a, a big moo to all our listeners. Ready? Yeah. Ma. Thank you for listening. That was probably the best moo ever. Ah, thank you. <laughs> I've been practicing. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you'd like to send us a message, just send it to planetjapan05 at yahoo.com. Don't forget to visit our website at planetjapan.org. And, of course, check our show notes. Please do. Yeah. We will be back again next week with more fun and excitement from Planet Japan. Thank you for listening. And we're still taking donations. Oh, and being we that should, Christmas yes. is coming up, we, we should, should mention this, right. you know. Right? That so would we, be can feed, we can feed the Planet Japan dancers. Exactly. They do get kind of hungry. But yeah, seriously, if people would like to donate uh, to the cause, as it were, it would be the perfect Christmas present. Yep, help us pay for this bandwidth. Yeah, because it ain't cheap. Okay, thanks again for everybody listening. We'll talk to you later. Sayonara. Sayonara. Sayonara.